Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. I want to preach on praying when you're bleeding. Last week I preached on praying through a storm. And afterwards, Pastor Parker came to me with a word of encouragement and said, I appreciate that message. Sometimes a very serious, somber, heavy message is needed. And I thought, oh, Lord, that one was next week. We're in trouble now. If you thought that was heavy. better. The Word of God says in Luke chapter 8, verse 43. Luke chapter 8, verse 43. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border or the hem of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all had denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, The multitude throngs you and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive power or virtue in the KJV. Power going out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people that she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Praise God. Lord, we honor your word. We thank you for it, God. I pray that this message will go forward and be an encouragement, be the touch that somebody is needing, and that we'll learn how to pray, not just when things are easy, not just whenever uh, uh, everything seems to be aligned in our lives, not even just when you seem uh, not to be good, Lord, but that we'll know that your goodness is always, all the time, never ending, unceasing, and we'll trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's hard to pray when you're bleeding, right? It's hard to pray when you're bleeding. When you're wounded, I want to talk about wounds today. It's hard to pray. It's hard to be who you're supposed to be when you're wounded because being wounded and being injured are not the same thing. Being wounded and being scarred are not the same thing. Um, as, a, uh, as somebody who was involved in physical therapy and you know, um, you know, there's different ones of the medical you know, community that, that serve here um, could tell you and back up what I'm talking about, there's a difference between a scar and a wound. Now, I got a word for some people here that need it today. There's a difference between a scar and a wound, and the difference is that a scar is not actively trying to kill you. You can have a wound from a long time ago, and if it doesn't heal right, I've seen people come in and I say, when, when did that happen? Oh, a long time ago, weeks ago. And, and the wound care doctor, somebody who is a, who, that's what his specialty is. He understands when sometimes, you know, the, those of you know, who, who maybe are, are battling diabetes, 
and uh, th- these different kind of things like that where wounds don't close up, they don't stop, you know, because of just the way that the, the, the blood functions or, 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 you know, the battle that you have to fight. Those wounds don't just close up as easy as sometimes you know, other ones do. And sometimes even a nick or a scratch whenever there's a deeper problem can be devastating and even deadly. It can become infected. There's a difference between a spiritual wound and a scar. There's a difference between a wound and just an, an injury, which maybe you have recovered from. Some of us have been wounded. Some of us have been wounded by what has happened, and, and it can be so many different things. Maybe somebody has done something to you. A lot of times, you, it's never God, so I always assume it's people. Whew, that was better than I thought it was going to be right there. Huh. It's never God, so it's either people or the enemy, and the enemy doesn't have you know, as direct access as people do, so he uses them, and a lot of times, it wasn't God, so I can only assume it was people that have wounded us, have wounded you, ha- ha- have caused a hurt that did not just glance off, and maybe that just made it worse because you ignored it, and, and then you let it fester, you let it, you know, bitterness begin to sink in. And those wounds are deeper than you would have ever, ever thought. You assume that they would just heal, but they don't, right? We all assume that it's going to heal until it doesn't, until our lives are still being defined by that broken place or by that thing that maybe happened, that, that thing that you're walking through. Like, you know, it didn't even happen to me, but I just cannot quite get over that. I can't be who I need to be because of this thing or that. I've seen wounds that continue to bleed and cause pain long after they should have healed. And my heart breaks for people who are still wounded because Christians oftentimes mishandle wound care. Wound care is important. That's, that's, that's the terminology there, right? Wound care. So whenever, you know, because a lot of times we expect, you know, us, you know, whether, you know, in the power of the Holy Ghost to just, you get in this altar right here and bring, bring your nose and, you, every, you know, it's, that's in every movie where the tough kid gets hurt and then, you know, the, the, the coach, and it sounds like this. And he just fixes it, set it, you know, set that, set that bone. You're good. Get up, rub some dirt in it. And we assume, and we assume because God can heal immediately that whole deal that he did. But not always does he choose to. Now he can. But sometimes our path to recovery spiritually is a journey. It's a journey. And honestly, you ask Corey Sin Boom, she said, Sometimes you have to forgive something several times until, uh, you know, and it may never totally go away, and you have to keep on forgiving. It's not always just a one-time done and deal, right? Wound care. Sometimes we find ourselves like this woman. She said, I can't stop bleeding. What is that? I say sometimes, like, if you don't, uh, if you don't find a way to stop the bleeding, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. That is absolute truth. And some of us have seen it poison the relationships and the good things in our lives because we walk through these things that are, that are, that are terrible and they're difficult because we never got it figured out. We never quite got it fixed. You know, we kind of um, you know, pushed over it and you know, kind of covered it up and it was good enough to keep functioning. And, and, but because we got it just good enough, 
it, it reemerged later in a different relationship where they, they, they never treated you like that, but you assume. Some people will walk into a church like that, and I bless you and I welcome you. I don't, I don't care. But sometimes uh, you'll walk into a church. You know, I've had conversations you know, with people in this church who are pillars, who are mighty men and women of God. Uh, you know, and maybe and one that particular would tell you, whenever I came in here, I was looking to fight anybody and anything and, and, and to put down anything and just find, find a reason just to, to, I was just, you ever wake up like that? I told you a couple weeks ago about that, that um, World War II general. His daughter wrote his, auto, his uh, biography and said he was very even keeled in his temperament that he, uh, he woke up in the morning in a simmering rage and stayed there all day. <laughs> you ever been that way? You ever work with anybody like that? Like you, you just woke up and you hated everybody and everything and you just even killed, you stay that way all day like that. Whew, that takes energy to live like that. Whew. But some people do. And inevitably it is because a wound unhealed. That's why, right? I've had people come here and say, you know, I was looking to, 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 to find all, to superimpose all of the problems that I have seen elsewhere onto you. Now, that term for that is called projection, but sometimes we do that. You know, we, maybe you come into a relationship and you assume that they're going to do you um, that way, and so you're just looking at it, and then you cause that thing to come into existence that you're so afraid of. It's just like whenever you're passing, you know, or a semi is passing you, you keep staring at those tires long enough, you know which direction you're going to tilt into and lean into. It's science. You know, it, is, it is what happens if, if you focus on that for long enough and you look at it, you won't drift away. You'll drift right into the thing that you're afraid of and that you're looking at. Spiritual wounds can be the same. You have got to cut off the cycle and get a hold of Jesus. Get a touch from the master. Only he can heal you. See, it was faith in Christ and his compassion toward her that caused this healing to happen, right? Faith is, is a hidden element in this story. Uh, he didn't just bump into her. She didn't just bump into him. Faith is important. If you, if you want to be spiritually, if you, if you want to get through and break through to God, you, you, sometimes you've got to pray when you're bleeding, and you've got to have faith even whenever nothing else seems to be manifesting in front of you, even when there's no other reason to believe, even whenever uh, you, know, that you are hurting with no end in sight, the flow of your pain and your suffering is unstaunched, but you still know who God is. That is faith. That is the substance. That is the evidence. That is what you need, even whenever you don't see it. Faith played a role in this woman's healing. You know how I know that? Because everybody in that whole zip code seems to have touched him. But only she got healed. You ever think about that? There's a lot of people touching him. And I'm like, you know, why, you know, why didn't they just get healed? You know, if he was just something like, you know, electric, you know, it was just like natural, like you say, oh, that's, that's great. Everybody who touched him, you know, free healing. It's not how it works. There was a hidden element that sometimes we think that we just can have an encounter. We can just hear a message. We can just lift our hands and worship, or we can just be prayed for. We have got to force ourselves into that place, into the, the eye of that storm where we can still believe before we touch him. Because everybody else touched him, nothing happened, right? Let me tell you, not everybody has. And let me speak to somebody who maybe feels a little bit isolated and alone. Some people maybe have the infrastructure of spiritual support that you need and that you, um, you know, are blessed with. Somebody under the sound of my voice does not have that. 
not to the degree that you need it. And you need to seek that out. You need to allow people in your life close enough to lift you up. Amen? Not everybody has four friends to tear the roof off for you. But even then, ultimately, it comes down to whether you've made up your mind to touch Jesus. There'll be times when not only are the people around you not helping, you know, lifting you and carrying you to get to Jesus, sometimes these people were an impediment. Sometimes people will be the impediment between you and Jesus, but you still got to fight through. You still got to touch him. You have still got to let go and forget all of those things that are behind you, those things maybe that have wounded you, and you still got to touch Jesus. Now, lastly here, this is so important. Her faith met with his compassion. I'm going to unpack some stuff for three different types of people here. And if you'll get a hold of it, it'll change your life. What's compassion? What's compassion? Compassion. What is that? What, you know, in this kind of society, it's almost, it's almost a forgotten and unknown term, right? What is compassion? What is, what, what is it whenever you are stirred deep in your heart and we're not so calloused because we've seen it all to where we can still feel something? towards somebody else. We can still see someone else who is hurting, someone who is walking through something, and in spite of all that what you've seen, you're still that that Christ and the compassion rises up. That is the key. That is what's important. It's what Christ felt when he saw the multitude and he saw the children hungry. You ever seen somebody who was just who was hungry? And you fed him. Compassion causes this. And here's an interesting thing about miracles and about Jesus. Every miracle that Jesus did began with compassion. Without compassion, there is no miraculous element. Without compassion... You never see God work and do miracles. Without compassion, you never see him heal a situation. Because everywhere that I can find in this whole New Testament, Jesus particularly, everything that he did started with compassion. And I was like, well, maybe that's just like an elemental Bible. You know, may, you know that's how it always No, it actually wasn't how it always was. I looked at the Old Testament. Some of them were, some of them weren't. You know? Like, not every miracle began with compassion. Sometimes it began with anger or frustration. <laughs> you know, there, there was all kinds of different elements, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. Every time. Uh, you know, what, what, what's your favorite miracle? What's your favorite miracle that Jesus ever did? Somebody over here, tell me, what's your favorite miracle? Just real quick. What's that? Fed the 5,000. He looked around, and he saw that they were in need. It was as simple as seeing somebody who's hungry. And we always look at it like Jesus was just looking for a way to flex on everybody. No. The most beautiful miracles that come out of our Christ, our Lord and Savior, are just simple things where he's like, are you hungry? Man, do we got any money, guys? I know you don't have no money. You got any money? You got any money? No, we got like $10. Do we have anybody got any food? Anybody got food? These guys are hungry. Like, they're really, the babies are crying. You know, they're, 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 and I'm Jesus, and that bothers me, and I, I care about them. 
he fed 5,000 people, not just to flex on everybody, but to fill bellies. Sometimes we get, get wrong the reason for some of Christ's miracles and for the reason why God, it's love, it's compassion. He doesn't need for everyone just to always know, but you know, the very heavens declare his handiwork. Most of the time when he does mighty and wonderful things, it's for simple little people who have a need for their sake. What, somebody here, what, what's your favorite miracle that Jesus did? Raising the little girl from the dead. Are you talking about uh, Jairus' daughter? Yeah, absolutely. The leader of the synagogue comes to Jesus and said, my baby girl, she's, you know, she, she's sick unto death. And they come up to him and say, don't even trouble the master because she's already gone. But the, because of the compassion, he looked at that father and he said, we'll go see what we can do. And brings her back to life. Compassion. It wasn't standing on top of the mountaintop and causing a light show. Compassion. Somebody else over here. Give me one. Y'all definitely don't have an excuse. Somebody quickly now. Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. Who did Jesus weep over? That's the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept, right? the Sunday school automatic points. You know, it's the, that, that is the layup of Bible drills, you know. Jesus wept. And now, you know what's weird? Here, here let, let me finish with this. You know, what's weird is like, um, say, uh, you say, say you know, your, your child really wants something for Christmas and they open up all their gifts and they didn't get it, right? And they're, they're, and they're trying, to, you know, trying to put on a brave face, you know, and they're, they're doing their best. And, uh, and then they're like, I'm really grateful for everything, but I just thought, I thought for sure I was going to get it, but thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah. It would be like you knowing that it's hidden in the hallway closet, weeping with them for 20 minutes over it. Do you know how in touch you got to be with people? Jesus knowing that he's going to cause Lazarus to come forward, right? Like he's literally on his way. He's going to do the wildest miracle in the world. And Jesus wept. And that tells me on the fly. I didn't know he was going to use that one. But it tells me something very powerful, which is that Jesus is so moved with compassion. And at the very beginning of every miracle is the same. It's compassion. And Jesus has compassion for you. Jesus loves you, and it's more than just a song. It's more than just a story. Jesus is so involved. Jesus is empathetic and has compassion, even though he knows he's going to do the miracle. Even though that he knows that he is going to work everything together for your good, even still, he sits with you and he is moved with compassion. Now you got to rustle up some faith. Because he has compassion towards you. And a miracle can happen whenever a little bit of faith intersects with compassion. It's not easy to pray when you're bleeding. But you need to know that Jesus has compassion towards you. 
And whether it's right now or whether it's tomorrow, he will work it out. He loves you. He cares about you. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, I'm trying to get through this, but I am so deeply wounded that I can't even make sense. I told somebody, uh, I saw somebody you know, checked in on something the other day and there was a text message going back and forth. And I told this person, this old friend of mine, I said, how are you doing? I said, I feel like algebra, which is never good. It's never good. Like, I'm not a math guy. And he was like, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very annoying person when it comes to stuff like that. You get more than maybe what you, you, you wanted. Um, and I said, I feel like algebra. I feel like I did in algebra because, you know, algebra, you, they will give you the answer. And you just had to figure out how it all works out. And I said, I know that God is good. And I know that he is faithful. I know that he is blessing us and that he is working all, everything out. But I don't always see how. I can't always show his work in the way that I want to. I know what the answer is, but I just don't see how I'm ever going to get there. You ever feel like that? He is faithful. And he will work it out. He will work it out in your life. Whatever it is, keep on praying. Whether you're bleeding, keep on trusting God. Keep on walking in faith. Keep on asking those questions. Keep on forgiving people. Keep on trusting. Keep, keep on allowing yourself to step into those areas where you're afraid to get hurt and you're afraid to believe, afraid to be disappointed by people again. Some of us have been that way. We say, I don't care to ever, I'll come to church, but I don't care to ever know anybody. Shake no hand because people will always disappoint I know but Jesus will always heal and it is worth it to reach out and to be the person that God calls you to be to walk in favor to walk in the anointing amen let's stand here today